Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So when I first started my career, I was doing radio and I was doing video work with an outfit called PJ TV before it became PJ Media and dropped the whole TV part. While I always wanted the, the, the talk show route, TV talk show, late night, it's always in my head, I made the mistake that a lot of people do when they are breaking in. You confuse screaming with passion. You confuse your own personal views with the needs of your audience. And I think that one should be very, very respectful of that. And I had to learn over time how to do it, how to engage the conversation properly, how to engage in a way that gets people to engage back with you, how to have it be conversational as opposed to being accusatorial, screaming, yelling, outrage after outrage. Outrage doesn't get you anywhere, even though there are some things that are indeed outrageous. Like, for example, this from Whoopi Goldberg on The View. Yeah. It's so- well, let me, t- let me show you what got me, the thing that no one really was talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the father of Anthony Huber, one of the young men shot and killed by Rittenhouse, put things into perspective, for me at least, and on CNN. Take a look. You know, that guy gets to run free, and he's now a, he's now a hero. And this is my son right here. This is Anthony. You know, we lost our son. And there's no justice right now for our family. And there's no closure. And there wasn't going to be justice in that Kenosha court with that judge. Now, you should always be clear that someone is always somebody's kid. I'm not saying no. He's a father in pain. You think I'm going to mock him? Not, not, a, not a second. Not a shot. But if Whoopi Goldberg is going to go about saying Kyle Rittenhouse is a murderer, well, this can create a lot of anger. Because it's clear that Whoopi Goldberg isn't interested in the conversation, isn't interested in the story, interested in the facts. The father of Anthony Huber, whether he says it out loud or not, has to accept the fact that his son put himself in a position to be harmed because he took his skateboard and tried to kill another person. And if you say to me, no, he was just going to hit him. What, we haven't seen one punch kill somebody? How many hits on the head with a skateboard do you think you could take? Exactly how many? So if you want to interview uh, the father of the second guy who was killed that night uh, by, by Kyle Rittenhouse, I won't say no to that. I'm just going to say not murdered. You can, you can interview him. His pain is real. But to not know what his son did, that's unacceptable. And that's Whoopi Goldberg right there. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. That's the number. Be a part of the show. 
I think that for 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 Whoopi Goldberg to go down that road is is pretty ugly right there. Is pretty ugly and pretty offensive, and she wasn't done. Now, now he I, he wasn't doing anything. Right. He was trying to. He saw Stop an active shooter. shooter. Right. You know, he saw someone get shot. He thought he was doing the right thing. That's right. Yeah. So, and even I, 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 even all the excuses in the world does not change the fact that three people got shot. Yeah. yeah. Two. I don't know what was going through his head. I don't know if he decided he was doing the right thing. There was a guy on the ground, and he hit him with a skateboard. I don't know if that's a guy who thought he was doing the right thing. Not at all, not in any way. But this idea that we're somehow going to rehabilitate people who have got their own culpability in the game, as opposed to honestly assessing the situation. But Whoopi Goldberg, just like so many people, have decided in this Rittenhouse case, there was only one acceptable verdict and everything else is proof of white supremacy or proof of hate or proof of bigotry, blah, 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 blah. In my younger days, I probably would have done a lot more screaming and yelling about that because I would not have asked myself, how can I have this conversation without that? How else do you get across uh, the, 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 the anger? How else do you get across how disgusted you are? Uh, and and the answer is uh, by by talking, <laughs> by talking, by sharing, and by reminding yourself that when you go to town on someone, when you when you when you beat them up, and not some people certainly deserve the the rhetorical beat up. It's hard to turn around and notice when they say something right. That's the case with Bill Maher. And it's probably with Bill Maher that I have had my greatest learning lesson in how I need to approach subjects. Because I can clearly remember being there on the set of PJTV and just ripping Bill Maher apart in loudly. And the real question is, why was I screaming? I just simply disagreed with him. Thought he was wrong. Why would I have to scream at somebody if I think they're wrong? Can't I just say they're wrong? How many more times do you have to watch people who disagree with you screaming at you before you realize, man, I don't ever want to be that. I don't want to be these people. Now, I'm clear about certain things, and I'm certainly rough about certain things. So, for example, Ilhan Omar is a Jew-hating anti-Semitic bigot. Not only will I not apologize, I will take on anyone, anywhere, anytime. I'm not going to sit here and have anybody tell me that Ilhan Omar is somehow this this special little flower. She is a Jew-hating anti-Semitic bigot who washes dollars of campaign funds through her husband's company so they can profit. That's my take on Ilhan Omar. I didn't raise my voice. It is, I believe, factual based on the evidence presented. I apologize to no one. Let the chips fall where they may. Ocasio-Cortez? He's a commie and a bigot. She has no good policy ideas. Her policies are childlike. And her presentation is childlike. But I don't believe that you should mock her for what she's wearing. I think that's ridiculous. I don't think you should mock the fact that she was a bartender. Well, we all had jobs. What what, what does that matter? But if you're discussing her as a member of Congress, well, I've got things to say. 
And if you're discussing her as a person in terms of who she keeps as friends, like Tlaib and Omar and, and Jeremy Corbyn, the anti-Semite of the UK, I've got words. I disagree with Bill Maher on a number of subjects, but lately, you know as well as I do, he has been clear about the value of free speech. Actually pushing something, uh, a place where he and I overlap, which is the concept of classical liberalism. Free speech doesn't exist for the speech that you love. It exists for the speech that you hate. And in order to hear a good idea, bad ideas have to come up in the public sphere, in the public arena, and then get batted around and then pushed to the side. How else can anything happen? How else do you have growth? We also agree that the political left, the, the progressives, we would agree that it was the progressives, are interested in silencing discussion and silencing dissent. You should not be able to have a say. And they promote these ideas, and they promote these ideas through uh, law, through intimidation, and through sloganeering. And one of those slogans was woke. You see, you say that's because you're not woke. You see, you don't understand the issue because you're not woke. You see these people out there fighting for freedom, fighting for freedom. See, they're woke, and you're not woke, and you don't know how, what's important. It was, it was, it was uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And the progressives who brought us woke. We had not discussed woke. We would be like, wait a second, is that even proper English? Uh, and now woke is the lexicon and woke is a joke. Woke is a joke. We laugh at these people. Because as always, the political left always, 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 always overplays their hand. But don't think that you and I are the only ones who have noticed this overplay. This brings us to Bill Maher on his show talking about Representative Ocasio-Cortez and the woke folk. The first things Biden did in office was getting through a COVID relief package that sent $1,400 to, well, everybody without a single Republican vote. And today, Trump is leading him in the polls. You can give the people all the goodies Joe Manchin will allow. And it doesn't seem to buy their love. Why? Why is the party that supports so many issues that benefit the middle class still considered out of touch by 62% of Americans? In plain English, nobody likes a snob. Hillary Clinton didn't have anyone on rural research or outreach when she ran in 2016 until the race tightened just before the election. Then they hired one. And where was his office? Brooklyn. True story. Now, I didn't know about that because I didn't even know they hired anybody. But we should be we should be uh, clear. Uh, I disagree with Bill Maher on the idea that Democrats have policies that are best for the middle class. I think that's completely wrong. Worthy of a discussion. But let him continue here. Politics is local, not locally sourced. It's not artisan. It's art and stand. <laughs> Your microaggression culture doesn't play in the Rust Belt. If a staffer hands you a speech that says menstruating people instead of women, don't say that. Say women. Don't, don't put anyone fresh out of college in charge of the campaign. They've been given participation trophies their whole life. They don't know how to win. 
James Carville knew how to win. And he blamed the Democratic losses this November 2nd on stupid wokeness, to which AOC fired back that wokeness is a term almost exclusively used by older people these days. So that should tell you all you need to know. What? <laughs> this is a term folks like you brought out very recently and had been proudly displaying it every March since. Just last year, The Guardian declared woke the word of our era. I guess they didn't get the memo from the Mean Girls Club. We don't use that emoji anymore. <laughs> woke, please. We say fetch now. <laughs> what a great strategy. Never missing an opportunity to remind voters how lame and clueless and hopelessly uncool they are. Especially since those are the ones who actually vote. But okay, fine. What word would you like us to use for the plainly insane excesses of the left that are not liberalism, but something completely different? Because you can't... I want you to note that he put himself right there, did Bill Maher, and is, he hasn't said anything that isn't 100% true. He put himself in league with us. Listen again. Would you like us to use for the plainly insane excesses of the left that are not liberalism? What word would you like us to use? Fine. What word would you like us to use for the us means not you? And I think within that, in this whole conversation, which I think is excellent, that's why I wanted to share it with you. That is the part that you really got to take out and be like, wait, what does he mean by that? This is Bill Maher. How all of a sudden he, he's, he's on team us? What in the world does he mean by us? I argue that us means the rational society that can disagree about things but believes that we have to be able to have conversations and put things out into the public square, into the public view, the public arena, the public sphere. And if we're unable to do so because they keep trying to change the rules all the time, well, if we can't do that, then how does anything actually get done? He finishes up. Plainly insane excesses of the left that are not liberalism, but something completely different. Because you can't have that word liberal from us and think it should cover things like canceling Lincoln and teaching third graders their oppressors. That's all your new thing. A more pertinent question to ask about the word woke might be, why in such a short time has it gone from a rallying cry to a pejorative? If the word only made you think of rational, deserved causes like teaching a less whitewashed version of American history, AOC would still want to own it. But it's a joke because it makes you think of people who wake up offended and take orders from Twitter and their oversensitivity has grown tiresome. That said, that said, I would love to have AOC on this show. There's so much to admire there. I was one of her first supporters for the Green New Deal idea. But that will probably never happen because Democrats don't go anywhere these days where they're not pre-adored. And that's my last bit of advice to them. Go where the amen corner isn't. Do Fox News. Be brave. Come here. Go everywhere. Winning is about expanding the electorate. 
Did he say anything there that isn't rational? Okay, well, he supports the Green New Deal. You're right. But did he say anything else? He's got to beg for AOC to come on his show? And no, why would she? Because her doing that and her answering questions is actually the way to defeat her. You don't make dumb videos like Paul Gosar, the representative from Arizona, in some kind of anime showing her, showing her getting hit by a sword. What you do is you make her answer questions about her own policies. And you force her to answer the questions by saying, no, 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 no. You're changing the subject. What about this? Explain yourself. When she is put on the spot to explain her policy, you will notice that she cannot. Expose her as foolish and foolhardy. Expose her as somebody who only speaks in sloganeering and not in value or in policy. That's the way it's done, which is why she won't show up, not even for Bill Maher. But it is true what Bill Maher said. Woke went from a thing to a joke because the people behind it are only trying to pull a fast one on us, stopping us from having conversations, to which the answer is no. I'm Tony Katz. So they're doing closing arguments today in the Ahmed Aubrey case. Guys, I'm studying, and I have no, I don't know how these guys aren't guilty. Someone show me something different. Am I missing something? Three guys see another guy, Ahmed Aubrey, walking through their neighborhood. He's walked through the neighborhood before where there's construction on houses and things like that. Maybe stole something from a construction site. They call the police. They don't like the guy in their neighborhood. They want to know what he's doing. But instead of running him off, they wouldn't let him leave the neighborhood. They used their car and they used guns to keep him in the neighborhood and kept following him. People have been asking, how is this different than George Zimmerman and Trayvon Martin? How are these guys not not guilty? Well, three-on-one is different than one-on-one. And they wouldn't let him leave. And when you take a look at the charges, I don't know how these guys aren't guilty of false imprisonment. And while I cannot make a a case for the felony murder, I don't know how they're not guilty of aggravated assault. Depending on whether or not they were intending to kill him. But they did keep him from leaving. Closing arguments are happening. I don't know how these guys don't go to jail. I have no idea how they don't go to jail at this stage of the game. This is Tony Katz today. Costs for American families. I know for a lot of Americans, things are still very hard, very hard. But if you look at all the facts, all the facts, you can only come to one conclusion. We've made enormous progress in this country. First and foremost, our economy is creating jobs, lots of jobs. In fact, we've seen a record new job growth in America this year. 5.6 million jobs just since I was sworn in in January the 20th. More jobs created at this point and a new presidency than ever before in American history. He keeps trying to sell that line. 
You can't. You didn't create any jobs, Joe. We all know that. We're the job creators, right? Even I have a small business. I create jobs. I hire people. You don't create jobs. You're the government. You create work. If if anything, that's what you do. We create jobs and you create work and you create impediments to us being able to create jobs. But people going back to their job because we lifted restrictions is not the creation of jobs. You psychopath. Holy crap. Someone's going to use that. Someone's going to use that line at your Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, you should not take that. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So good to be with you. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. Tomorrow, I really should uh, offer up help for people who need help for Thanksgiving. Because, you know, uh, producer Ari, uh, not not where you go to Thanksgiving, but a lot of people go to Thanksgiving dinner and there are people there who have different uh, political beliefs. And sometimes some of those people are very nasty. So I've heard. Very nasty and very rude. And they think because you think differently, you shouldn't be allowed to speak, that you're there just to be attacked and ridiculed. And you know I'm a believer that you shouldn't even go to those dinners. You shouldn't invite those people. You, you, you do not have to take abuse from your leftist sister-in-law who thinks that somehow you're Satan for voting for Trump. Just If you can't act rational around me, you got to go. Us having a disagreement is one thing. You calling me a bigot, you can't be in my house. I love me more than I love you. And by the way, I think that is a very, very acceptable point of view. Love yourself enough not to be abused by your brother's loser wife. I, what can I say? Oh, by don't be abused by your sister's loser husband as well. He's going to lecture to you about your politics, and then he's going to ask uh, to borrow three grand. No, 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 no. You don't have to take that. Not at all. Not for a second. I, I, I dismiss that whole idea. I reject the premise. I also reject the premise uh, that Joe Biden uh, created jobs. That's nonsense. We have seen a dramatic drop in the unemployment rate from a high of 14.8% in April of 2020 to 4.6% today. Earlier this year, independent experts were predicting it would take until the end of 2023 to see unemployment that low. Our economy is creating new businesses, lots of new businesses. In fact, Americans are starting small businesses at a record rate, up 30% compared to before the pandemic. It could be because they had to leave their other job because they were required to take a vaccine. I'm, I'm just saying it's possible. So Joe Biden's at the White House. He's nominating Jerome Powell to lead the Fed again, Chairman Powell. And he's talking about the jobs. He's talking about how great everything is. Compared to before the pandemic. Economists will tell you that an increase in new businesses is one of the best signs of an economy. An economy that's becoming more innovative and more dynamic. And that's because small businesses aren't just the heart and soul of America. They're not just the bedrock of so many communities across the country. America's small businesses are the primary job creators, innovators, and drivers that power our economic progress. 
So we've got more people, what, uh, creating small businesses so the economy is better? Is this, is this what you're telling me? That the economy is better because we've got more people creating uh, jobs? Health, confidence in the future. Now, after years of wages being flat or falling behind, we're also seeing something else. Things are getting better for American workers. Higher wages, better benefits, more flexible schedules. Balance sheets for American families are better as well. Savings are up. Home equity is up. Credit card balances are down. And if you continue and combine the wage increases we've seen with the, with the direct relief my administration has provided to middle-class families, the typical middle-class family's disposable income has actually gone up 2% this year, even after accounting for higher prices. Now, I got to tell you, savings have been up and credit card debt has been down and wages did go up. All that is it's true. But in a rational world, people would be like, this is amazing. But they don't feel that way now, do they? They don't feel that way at all. They don't feel that things are better in the slightest. They feel like there is this dark cloud hanging over everything. If, the, if, if you were rational, rational people would say, I should tap into that and understand it. Joe Biden wants you to believe that your eyes are deceiving you. That's the kind of recovery just one year after a crippling worldwide economic crisis that's unprecedented. And it takes us, you know, it, it, it makes us stand out from the rest of the world. America is the only major economy, the only one in the world where the economy is bigger today and families have more money in their pockets today than before the pandemic hit. We have more money in our pocket? Well, that's based on the numbers I just gave you or the, the, the stats I just gave you. Uh, that, 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 that is true, except we don't feel that. Do we? Inflation, the price of things, the weakness of the dollar, costs more dollars to get the same good, has taken that away. Even after accounting for inflation. Wait, 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 wait. Say that again. Money in their pockets today than before the pandemic hit. That's even after accounting for inflation. Joe Biden wants you to believe that everything is great and everybody's doing fine and there are no problems and my gosh, everyone's doing better no matter all the things that are out there. You're a phony. Hey, this guy's a great big phony. This is NBC News, the Today Show, talking about Thanksgiving today. And while we are on the topic of something that could be controversial, perhaps forego the turkey. Bear with me. I know that is the staple of the Thanksgiving meal. However, some people think turkey is overrated. And so it tends to be the most expensive thing on the table. Maybe you do an Italian feast instead. And I will say this. If you tell everyone you're having a Thanksgiving without turkey, some guests may drop off the list, and that's a way to cut costs, too. The Today Show was giving you ways to cut Thanksgiving costs because things are so expensive. So do it as a potluck with more side dishes and beverages. Ask to split the costs with your guests. And then what you just heard right there, forego the turkey. Maybe less people will show up, and that's a good thing, too. How do these two things jive? How are they supposed to connect? Who is Joe Biden talking to 
when he says things like this. We've gone from an economy that was shut down to an economy that's leading the world in economic growth. We've gone from small businesses being shuttered to a record number of new small businesses starting up. And we've gone from a devastating job destruction to record new job creation. But don't buy a turkey and don't invite people. Hope that they cancel. Look, that's something you do when you invite people to a wedding. Hope they don't come. Hope they send a check. That's a standard. We all get that. And remember, if if you're listening to me at all, at all, don't even have the wedding. I have been with my wife for three decades. The woman is perfect. But we had the wedding, and it was a mistake. We paid for it ourselves. We could have spent three weeks in Italy. I would rather have the memories of three weeks in Italy than the memories of people I no longer speak to. Oh, how how rough and tumble do you want to get, guys? I will cut to the bone on this. Nobody else is going to be honest with you. First things first, you're marrying somebody who wants the dream wedding and the wedding is more important than the marriage? That's a marriage you should not be involved in. It's time to call it off right now. Right before Thanksgiving. Don't even show up. Oh, Especially if she brought her family in. Cancel it all together. Don't let them come. You should go out to eat. Uh, Ari, I, I, I said, I, I won't lie, I'm, I'm going right to it. I've heard this take before. I, I just want to be clear, I'm not endorsing it. What, my, my take on people who are more interested in the wedding than the marriage are people you should not marry? No, that you should break up with your wife because she invites her, what, what, what did you no, say? No, 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 no. <laughs> I said somebody who, if, if you're with somebody who cares more about the wedding than the marriage, that's somebody you should drop right now. And even if it's right now, just days before Thanksgiving, goodbye. Oh, yeah, I mean, you can wait wait till after Thanksgiving. Nope, 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 nope. Don't do it. Don't you dare. You you be a grown-up. You handle your business right now. Well, we'll do it after Valentine's Day. It'll hurt less. You coward. You low-rent chicken crap coward. Good Lord. Don't do the wedding. Don't do the wedding. Your friends will still love you. Don't do it. I, I will tell you, wedding was a mistake. The marriage, not a mistake. Oh, my gosh. Not a mistake. The wedding, huge, giant mistake. Bigger than life. And I, and I will admit clearly, there are plenty of people I still speak to, and there are plenty of people I no longer speak to. And I'm better off for it. And I would much rather not have those people in photos. Just the way it is. And by the way, we should be clear. You know how many people are shaking their heads in agreement with me right now? You know how many people, look at the car next to you, shaking their head in agreement, absolutely. Tony is right. Yeah, right. Of course. You know who else got it right? CNN. Shocking, but true. I have that story coming up. I'm Tony Katz. So CNN committed an act of journalism. I know. You're as surprised as I am. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 
except it really was an act of journalism. It's quite impressive. They have Will Ripley as a correspondent. He's out of Taiwan, and they're covering the story of Peng Shui. Now, I actually thought when I first saw her name, it was pronounced Peng, P-E-N-G. It's actually pronounced Peng, P-U-N-G. It's how it's pronounced, even though it's spelled with an E. She's a tennis player. She's on, as part of the Women's Tennis Association, she's, I think, down in the 70s in terms of world ranking. And she made the claim on Chinese social media that uh, a number two in, in, in the Politburo, a number two in the Communist Party, sexually assaulted her. And then she disappeared. Wait, no, she didn't disappear. She was disappeared. Somebody got a hold of her and somebody detained her. And it was two plus weeks and people didn't know where she is. So the Women's Tennis Association said, where's Peng Shui? And uh, Naomi Osaka and Serena Williams said, where is a Peng Shui? And then yesterday she shows up at a tennis tournament. And she ends up on a video call with the Women's Tennis Association as if anybody believes there wasn't a gun at her head. It's China. The communist Chinese are bad, bad people. And no one should want to look up to the Communist Chinese Party. They have to be defeated. That's what has to happen. So CNN has a reporter, Will Ripley, out there in in Taiwan talking about this. And underneath him, they've got the three boxes. John Berman, and then Brianna Keeler, and then this guy, Will Ripley. And underneath Will Ripley, it says CNN live feed in China. And they were showing how China was showing CNN until they talked about this story, and then it went to those color, those bars, the color bars that come up. This happened live on their air. The WTA says they simply don't have evidence right now that Peng Shui is not being silenced, that she is not able to speak freely. Uh, they, they, they say none of the proof that has been provided by Chinese state media, John, gives them any comfort that she's, that she's actually in a position where her interests are being best represented. So, Will, I want to explain to our viewers what's happening on our screen right now, because underneath your face, they can see a box, which is the actual live feed of this broadcast in China, but it's all color bars. And it went to color bars the minute you started talking. So what's going on here? Chinese censors, John, uh, I have lost count over the last eight years here in Asia covering China of how many times CNN's coverage of controversial issues has been censored. It used to go to straight black. Now they've upgraded and they go to color bars. But nonetheless, it is a live, real-time example of the censorship that's happening in the mainland. They scrub Peng Shui from the Internet. Uh, They're certainly not talking about this on television and even international networks. They have an army of censors waiting to push that button the minute that we start talking about this story. But it is not making the story go away. The pressure is still mounting on Beijing from the outside because of the efforts of journalists around the world and also diplomats wanting Peng Shui to be able to speak her truth. Now, first, uh, we, we should be clear. He shouldn't call it her truth. Second, uh, we shouldn't say this is journalists. This was really the WTA. Although I will applaud CNN for doing, I mean, that's pretty incredible. They're doing it live. Showing the censorship live? Sorry, that's great. That is absolutely great, compelling TV, and it is actual news coverage. But all of this makes you wonder, 
exactly how much better could the lives of Uyghur Muslims be if the NBA had this much bravery? The WTA stood up for Peng Shui. The NBA won't stand up for Uyghur Muslims. That's the story here. Now, it's clear that Peng Shui needs to get out of China and then never return to China. It's the only way she's going to be safe. But look what the Women's Tennis Association was able to do. They actually were able to put the pressure on. Imagine what the NBA could do if they weren't so afraid and so interested in the dollar over decency, which is exactly what Inez Cantor of the Celtics has been saying about LeBron James of the Lakers and a host of others. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today.